How do we use our creativity to change things up? We know that one of the biggest factors for health, wellness, and successful aging is to be flowing and fluid, to be um, have neuronal plasticity, heart rate variability, and metabolic flexibility. So we need to change it up, and creativity is part of that. I'm Sadia Tariq, and you're listening to Thani, the podcast. Our guest today is Dr. Diana Minnick, who is a health educator and author with more than 20 years of experience in nutrition, mind-body health, and functional medicine. Through her education, experience, travels, Dr. Minnick has successfully integrated the science of the West with the wisdom of the East. In this podcast, she talks about how the body is divided into seven different systems, color-coordinated, and how we can ensure the well-being and optimal operation of all of those systems by our food intake. It's fascinating to see and hear about how simplistic changes of behavior and lifestyle can work so well for us. Dr. Mene, thank you so much for being on Thani. Thank you very much for asking me to be a part of your podcast and to talk with you today. Dr. Mene, I have been following your Instagram for a while now, and I am aware that you're an author of six books, and the most recent one being um, The Rainbow Diet. That's correct. Um, uh, we um, And I, I do see that a lot of... Um, Functionally and nutritionally, you have integrated color um, with the mind and the body and the spirit. Um, however, please um, take us through this entire rainbow <laughs> and how it um, helps us, how it's meant to help us sure. be connected in, in this triangle of mind, body, soul. Absolutely. What a great question. And that's a a big question because that's Mm -hmm. essentially everything I do. So I am a scientist. So I have a PhD in medical science and my framework has always been to look at patterns. And in conjunction with being a scientist looking at patterns, I've also been very curious to go outside of the box of science to look at what is true, what has stayed true throughout time. And so I have explored other traditions as well, more on the spiritual side. So looking at things like Ayurveda, which is a Eastern Indian uh, medical system, but it's been around for a very long time. Uh, My husband is uh, an acupuncturist. So looking at traditional Chinese medicine, I studied yoga. I took a world religions class and have been very interested in other philosophies about life. And so I I first want to set the stage by letting everybody know that in conjunction with having a left brain logic science mind, I also have a right brain, artistic, creative, um, I would say more of a holistic side to how I see food and nutrition. Mm -hmm. So with that, I have decided that uh, I needed a very comprehensive way to look at food, eating, the body, 
the mind, how we sleep, all of our lifestyle. And one of the, the seeds of the beginnings of the operating system that I was finally to come into was when I studied yoga and I began to learn about the chakra system. And I mm -hmm. learned that there was talk about these seven centers, each of which had literal meanings in the body as well as symbolic. And from there, I began exploring and again, being a scientist, trying to understand what these really were. And what I found them to be, at least in my purview, was the psychoneuroendocrine immune system, that we have these endocrine glands, things like the adrenals, the ovaries, the testes, the pancreas, the heart, the thymus, the thyroid, the pituitary, the pineal gland, looking at the superhighway that we have in us and exploring this from an East perspective as well as a Western perspective. And one of the things that stood out of all of this was the color association, that for each one of these endocrine glands, there was a color, the color meant something. Mm -hmm. And then I started to look at how do the colors of food connect to these, I call them systems, these seven systems. Right. And so I began to see that there was a pattern. Uh, and I, I began seeing that first in people. Not not so much in science, but I began noticing it in people. And then from there, I started to put it together based on what I could find in the science. Last year, I published a review article on the science of eating a rainbow, and that was in the Journal of Nutrition and Metabolism, detailing what I had found as it relates to patterns. So right. sure, we can go through each of the colors, what they mean, what are the foods, what are the body parts. Uh, but I just wanted to give a little bit of background as to how do I contextualize all of this, because it's very east-west and it's scientific as well as creative. Absolutely. The stage is all yours. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, from that point, um, and so when, probably when you looked at my Instagram page, you see a lot of color because I thread color into everything I do. I think it's really important for people's learning and receptivity. And everybody connects to color in some way. Even people who are blind are thought to actually sense or feel color. So mm -hmm. it's something that connects us through our human experience, the, the sense of light, the sense of vibration and frequency that we get from these colors. The first color is red. Red is a very reactive color. It's a color that evokes a response within us. And so oftentimes we see a stop sign that's red. We see a fire truck that's red. We see a stoplight uh, when we're driving that tells us that we need to stop and it's urgent. And so red is survival. It's connected to the adrenal glands. And as part of that, when I think of the adrenals, it's not just the adrenals, but it's all of our physical structure too, because all of that really shepherds along our physical response in the world. So our skin, our um, immune system, our immune system works hand in hand with our inflammatory response mm -hmm. or our ability to get red, inflamed. You know, again, it's bringing in all these reds. Right. And so there's a connection between adrenals, inflammation, the immune system. And if we look at the larger issues of 
what the adrenals connect to. Yes, there's survival, there's fight or flight or freeze, there's a sense of safety, there's a sense of community or tribe or connecting in with a group that has your back, you know, and feeling supported. So when I think of a lifestyle for that part of us, it would be that we need a strong and stable network of people, you know, to Mm -hmm. feel like we are safe. That's one of the factors of longevity is to be part of a community that is supportive. You have to have some kind of um, safety wherever you're at, with your home environment, listening to the instinct that we have within us. That's very primal. That's very um, connected to adrenals and safety. And then also the food side. Now, this is where my training in nutrition and biochemistry and how I look at foods. And so when I look at some of the red colored plant-based whole foods, what I see is that many of them have different phytonutrients that are important for helping with reducing inflammation. So different polyphenols, different anthocyanins in foods, whether it's berries or tomatoes or a whole ver- beets, we look at betalanes helping with reducing inflammation and helping with blood pressure response. So red foods on the whole, if we can just have people remember that when you feel red and hot and inflamed, eat the foods that are red, as long as you don't have any known intolerances or allergies to those foods, of course. And hopefully that will help to reduce the inflammation. So So I have a question here. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, As you were talking about feeling... Um, supported, safe, grounded. So when when we feel unanchored or when we feel a bit displaced, um, so red foods will help us? It's hard to say. We don't actually have science on that. Um, you can think, well, why don't we feel anchored? Why do we feel displaced? Why do we feel fragmented? There was a study not too long ago, I think it was in PLOS One, that talked about how inflammation leads to reactivity. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and if we think of it, that there's a connection perhaps between inflammation, anxiety, reactivity, impulsivity, then we don't feel grounded. We don't feel anchored. And so if we can help our body to be less inflamed, we might actually potentially reduce that sense of psychological reactivity or impulsivity that we might have. Right. So right. I, I see it, um, you know, in functional medicine, we always look at what is the root cause? Sure, Why is something sure. happening? So if I'm not wrong, we're talking about the root chakra here, right? Yes, we are. Okay. And in terms of anatomically, this would cover what body parts? You mentioned the adrenals. So I'm assuming the kidneys, the well, reproductive. No, not necessarily. So I look at the functions of the organs rather than the location. I think Uh in some chakra systems, they look at location more than function. And for me, especially being in functional medicine, I look at what they're doing. And so Mm -hmm. the adrenal glands are the main, they have the center stage. And then around the adrenals, we look at what has structure, what gives the body structure in a physical world to survive. So it's everything protein, everything mineral based. Minerals are part of our skeleton. 
Um, mm-hmm. We think of protein, we think of the skin, we think of the joints, we think of muscle, which right. is a huge organ and um, again, also gives us stability and structure. And then there are some other parts, um, like even if we go into the microcosm of the cell, like I've actually done a chakra system of the cell and inside the oh. cell, the the DNA and protein expression and regulation is all under the guise of the root chakra or what I call the root system of health. So I look at the DNA. I look at also what is red in the body. Like when, we, when it, you know, if we think of blood, when it's mm-hmm, exposed mm-hmm. to oxygen and blood metaphorically speaks to a sense of connection to ancestors, which is the lineage oh. of our survival. And so I put all of those things. So the short list would be adrenal glands, the red blood cells, bones, DNA, the immune system, joints, legs, muscles, the skin, the tailbone, you know, the lower part of the spine, because the, the spine is the superhighway that connects the chakra system. But then also um, the rectum. So the very end of uh, elimination and excretion of the waste and giving back to the earth because the root system is the earth element. So mm-hmm. it's soil, it's, it's um, going back to the earth, it's grounding through our feet. So I also put the feet uh, within right. the system of health. So yeah, that, that pretty much encompasses it. Right. So we just got done with the root chakra and then moving on, it would be? The color. Now, yes. Now we're going into orange. And so orange is the color that I associate with what I call the flow system of health, or in other traditions, it might be called the sacral chakra. So this is all about water. And so water metaphorically, water physically, and in terms of anatomy, we think of things like, um, you had asked about kidneys. Well, the kidneys belong here, in my opinion. Mm. So Mm -hmm. the kidneys, the bladder, everything that's responsible for water, water excretion, water balance in the body. And so I think of, um, in, in general, those are the main organs, the urinary tract. But then, you know, our body is mostly water and we think about the Mm -hmm. extracellular fluid. We think about, um, how we're mostly water. So, we need the root, we need the flow, we need them together. Because if we didn't have structure, we would just be a watery mass of jelly. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's good that we do have, we start with the structure of the root and the red, and then we now come to this place. This is also the place of, um, when I think of water, it's a creative place, and it's a fertile place. And Mm -hmm. so we think of the reproductive tract. So the two major systems Whereas the root is more about the immune system, it's more about survival system. Now this is about the the creative reproductive aspects of the body, as well as the water balance of the body. And then from a spine perspective, I think of the sacrum, just because of um, the locational aspects of where the reproductive tract is, the kidneys more or less, and this is like a birthing spot. I mean, it's, it's very yeah. pivotal for, um, pregnancy. So yeah. creativity, you know, what does that mean exactly? You know, the body is creative, uh, when we are not being creative and we feel stuck, we're not flowing. This is when problems set in. And so, 
emotional problems. When we're not moving our emotions, this is when we can also see uh, an issue. And there's an interrelationship here between creativity, emotions, fertility, being able to reproduce something in the world, <clears throat> whether it's a baby or, <clears throat> excuse me, a book, or it's a piece of art, or maybe it's a song, whatever it is. It's almost like this is the part of us that needs to be expressed. And this is what I have really focused on even for myself is that, you know, being a scientist, being very structured, it didn't always allow for a lot of wiggle room. And so right. um, I think it's so important today in society where we have discipline and regimen and rules to somehow find a way that we can bring in this creative flow, because why do we call it the healing arts? You know, there's an artistic aspect of our lives. The root provides the canvas, the flow provides the paint. And right. so- Right. Yeah. So we, when it's healthy, it means that we're going with the flow. We're moving despite obstacles. And we also need to look at how we reproduce and create in life. Some people are, you know, they have lots of ideas, but then they're not implementing. So their root is not strong. They have a strong flow, mm -hmm. but they don't have a strong root. They're not bringing it to earth. It's swirling. Mm -hmm. Right. And so there are in my whole detox book, I go through there, there are different spectrums. So you can have somebody who's overactive in these and underactive. And then I give what is the profile of somebody who is balanced? Because that's really mm. what you want, right? And so you can sure. see that there'd be just like the root when we we're talking about the red system. I mean, if somebody's too rigid, they become brittle, they can break. <laughs> and so um, right. there are yin and yang, healthy, unhealthy aspects of each of these. And so when I think of food, I think of orange foods. And primarily, I think of foods that um, it's very interesting, because even some of these foods are round, there's a shape to each of these systems. So the root is square, it's structured, it's like a house. The flow mm -hmm. is a circle. It's flowing. It's mm -hmm. circular. It's uh, mobile. And so no end to it. there's no end, right? The beginning mm -hmm. is the mm -hmm. end and vice versa. Yeah. And so now we have fats and oils, which allow our cells, which are these circles within us to flow, to excrete, to have movement. We have water, which comprises most of our being. So we can't overlook that. Um, things that grow or at that at least embody the water element. So for people who eat fish, fish would belong in this part, especially you think of salmon, which mm. is orange and it lives in the water element. Um, All I think, right. yeah. And, and so then I also think of foods that are higher in fat content, um, like nuts and seeds. Coconut is now some of these foods span into different parts of the systems. It's not always so perfectly 100% in one. You have to look at it structurally and functionally and then from a color perspective. But sure. if I think of um, orange colored foods like uh, I think of papaya, I think of oranges, I think of tangerines and peaches, I think of carrots, I think of mm. orange bell peppers. So what makes a lot of these foods orange are pigments found in plants. And those pigments are typically the carotenoids. So this is a class of compounds, several hundreds of different compounds, and they all have different colors. But it seems that 
Carotenoids as a class seems to play a part in our health. These are fat-soluble antioxidants, so they tend mm -hmm. to go where it's fatty in the body and more fluid, so whether it's mm -hmm. our fat tissue. Um, also, we find them in breast tissue. We find them in the brain, which is also very fatty. Um, there have been 14 different carotenoids identified in the ovary. So there oh, seems wow. to be a role in ovulation. And For it sure. makes, yeah, and it makes sense if you look at just mm -hmm. even the yellowing of the corpus luteum moving into the corpus albicans through the process of ovulation. And so, and there was a study um, some years ago looking at women and the rates of endometriosis. Endometriosis is uh, an inflammatory condition of the uterus and essentially showing that women that ate more oranges or citrus, and these foods are high in a carotenoid called beta-cryptoxanthin, that they had lowered rates of endometriosis, mm -hmm. which is interesting. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah. So all of that. And then also eating um, more of that beta-cryptoxanthin, that type of carotenoid found in orange foods like mandarins and tangerines, um, has been associated with reduced ovarian decline. And wow. in animal studies, you give um, beta carotene and you see changes in levels in, of progesterone in the blood. So there seems to be, uh, and I, again, I talk about this in my scientific article, if people want the studies and they want to go deeper, they can get that article. It's open access online, so you don't have to pay for it. You can just access mm -hmm. it and download it. And I summarize a lot of this in my whole detox book as well. Moving on from orange. Okay, then we get to yellow, and yellow is all about fire, and it's about the digestive system. So mm -hmm. the endocrine system here is the pancreas, which spews out in insulin when we eat sugar, helps to shuttle that into the cells. So this is a, a center of power. You know, when we feel energized, we can take on the world. We feel really confident. We can stand in our own um, identity and ego. We radiate, and we're strong. But when digestion mm -hmm. is burnt out, when we're working too much, and we start getting overgrowth because we are burning too brightly, and we, um, we, we start to create this imbalance. And so what I see here is that this is the center of carbohydrate. This is the center of things like legumes and whole grains. But we have eaten a lot of yellow brown and white foods that are heavily processed and not oh, serving okay. our digestion, right? They're high mm -hmm. in glycemic index. And so mm -hmm. we can burn our pancreas out, so to speak. And this term burnout is used in, in the literature. We can essentially lead to the um, dysfunction of the beta cells of the pancreas by continually provoking it to produce insulin in response to these highly processed carbohydrates. And so we need to restore balance. How do we do that? First, we have to look at our work-life balance. You know, this is the center where people can become perfectionistic. They can become judgmental. They can um, almost become a prisoner of their own mind. You know, I also associate thoughts here, thinking, which is why it's better not to be thinking when you're digesting. You don't want to be creating worry and um overthinking when you need to be using that chi, that prana, that life force to digest your food. So if we look at um, 
bringing this center into balance. It's corralling the mind. It is really making sure that we say yes to what we feel passionate about rather than say yes to everything, but really want to say no to certain things. And then we just feel too constrained. We feel burnt out. We feel fried. We feel like we've done too much. And then we start eating things that are high in sugar because we want a reward. We feel like we need quick Mm -hmm. energy. We need sustained energy. So yellow foods are interesting because as I started to look into the research of yellow foods, and again, all of this is in that article, um, there's an article from, I believe it's American Journal of Clinical Nutrition in 1985, which analyzed 80 different foods for serotonin content. And what they found, interestingly enough, was that the top three foods that were high in serotonin, which is the neurotransmitter in our brain that allows us to feel content and happy, were yellow. So they were Mm. plantains, pineapple, and bananas. So Mm. we know that some of these yellow foods tend to be higher in serotonin. We don't know if that translates in terms of mood. But what we do know about certain yellow foods is that they can provide things like digestive enzymes. Like when I think of a pineapple, I think of having bromelain um, and allowing our body to digest better. A lot of these yellow, starchy, fibrous foods help with healthy blood sugar and also help with having a prebiotic effect where we have that fiber in order to create good gut microorganisms that work for us rather than Mm -hmm. we are working for all the bacteria down there that have overgrown and thrown us out of balance. So the Mm yellow is a big system. So I have a quiz that people do and we we have that on the website. People can do it. It's a pretty long quiz. It's 125 questions. But when people get done, they can see where they have imbalances. And mm-hmm. what I have seen in my research with these seven systems is that this one, the fire, the fire system of health is the number one imbalanced system. In fact, it's wow. like, eight, I think last time I looked, it was 80% of people have a fire imbalance, which means that their digestion is off. They feel powerless. They feel low in confidence. They are just burnt out. They're just trying to make it through the day and they're reaching for processed carbohydrates. So yes, it's a big center. It is a big center. And I mean, no wonder they call the gut as the second brain and sometimes the forebrain really. So wow, it it, it just just, um, weaves in everything. Okay. Yeah, for, uh, so my green? grocery shopping for sure um, is changing. <laughs> I can see oh, it changing. Good. Oh, that's very good. Excellent. <laughs> so, well, the green. next color is green. Um, yeah. green is green is in the middle here. There are seven systems. Green is in the middle. Green is kind of like the divining rod between the physical and the non-physical. It's the heart, and so it's the cardiovascular system. It's the lymphatics. Um, it is the respiratory system. So this is the element of air. This is where, um, you know, we expand through our lungs. We expand through our blood vessels. We want expansion. We don't want constriction. And constriction can happen with high blood pressure, with stroke, with myocardial infarction, where we have a heart attack. We have closure or constriction of these these arteries. So... um, We want to expand. That's a core issue. And the foods that align to this place of us are truly greens, leafy greens, cruciferous Mm -hmm. vegetables. And if we look at what is in greens, 
uh, they have a lot of nutrients that help the cardiovascular system. For example, I think of things like vitamin K. Uh, there are many forms of vitamin K, but vitamin K1 is also known as phyloquinone. Phylo, it's coming from plants. And so vitamin K1, we now know, is integral in cardiovascular health together with vitamin D, plays an essential role in clotting and in the blood vessel uh, architecture. Uh, we also get folates from leafy greens. Folates are helpful for the methylation process in the body, which keep homocysteine levels low. Homocysteine is a damaging amino acid. Probably um, most people's doctors have measured homocysteine at some point, and they see that as not a good thing to have elevated. So folates, mm -hmm. which are in leafy greens, can help to reduce things like uh, homocysteine. And mm. another thing that I think about in these leafy greens, and if you look at a leaf in nature, like even if you take kale or spinach and you look at it closely, you're going to see this microvasculature, right? It's almost like nature is telling us this is for your, yeah. vas your vessels, right? And so when we eat these foods, um, they also contain something to expand the blood vessels called nitrates. Mm. So dietary mm. nitrates found typically in even beet greens. So the leafy part of the beet up on top that's green is very rich in nitrates. Even celery, um, which is an herb, is um, it, you know, it has its leafy part, but it, it's mainly the stalk. It's high in nitrates. So greens are good for the heart because they keep you open and expanded. So are we also including uh, greens like broccoli in this? Broccoli is, is part of it. Yes, I would put broccoli here. Um, broccoli can belong in multiple systems, but because of its color and because uh, if we think of the location of this part of the body with the, the heart and the lungs, there you also have the breasts. And one of the things that cruciferous vegetables can do is that they're very detoxifying for estrogen um, and so mm -hmm. they can help to shift those ratios. So yes, I tend to put broccoli here and broccoli, it's like a tree. It's, and that's kind of like when I see forests and I think of trees and plants and greens, I think of, of the science of forest bathing. Yeah. I start yeah, thinking yeah. about it all very symbolically. So yeah, I put broccoli here. Of course, there's some effects of broccoli in other systems, like even in the fire system where we have the liver, the yellow liver and bile, um, uh. broccoli will help with the phases of detoxification. So there's some functional overlay into some of the other systems. But in general, the leafy greens, the leaves of plants are going to be most robust in their function for the cardiovascular system. But you know what's interesting, now that I mentioned this, when you ask about broccoli, there is some newer literature on sulforaphane and even broccoli sprout beverages being helpful for air pollution. So that's kind of newer work. And some of that work was done in China. But to think that broccoli sprouts could help us to get those air pollutants out of our body, helping our respiratory tract, it's pretty profound if you think about it. You know, the, the trees are like the lungs of the planet. They are, you know, we are breathing in oxygen, giving off carbon dioxide. They are taking in carbon dioxide, giving us oxygen. We have a symbiotic relationship with them. They are like our lungs. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely yeah. see all of the greens um, partaking in, in that exchange. Mm. 
you know that in our religion green is 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 symbolic with um, peace with life with nature yes quite exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying you know trees forest bathing absolutely and it is mm-hmm. it's a sign of growth you know when you see a little yeah. leaf that's expanding and uncurling to get the light that leaf wants to grow as large as possible for the light for photosynthesis it's life it's growth and that's why many times when we think of health we think of the color green and it's about mm. aligning and getting back with nature which we've lost sight of of course of course i think i think there should be a separate podcast on this of how we have um um alienated ourselves uh but moving on from green i agree with the, you on that for sure <laughs> nature the fifth color would be yeah oh, the yeah. fifth color oh, yeah. is um now this one is kind of interesting it's um it's blue green um it is the center of the throat the thyroid gland and which is shaped like a butterfly it's about freedom authenticity speaking our truth speaking our voice not shutting ourselves down allowing the heart to birth her passions through the throat which is like the birth canal for our passions. So the color here at least in ancient systems is a kind of aquamarine or turquoise blue green. And when I was looking at food I was thinking well there aren't a lot of blue green foods right we just don't have them in nature in the way of an aquamarine food in the traditional sense but some foods are so green that they're blue. So I yeah. think of things like spirulina. And then mm-hmm. I started mm-hmm. to think about the different foods of the sea. So when I think of sea plants or sea vegetables, I put it together of the green foods that grow in the blue sea, blue green. And if you oh. look at these sea plants, what you see is that many of them contain beneficial nutrients for the thyroid. So things like iodine, things like selenium, that we need in order to make proper amounts of thyroid hormone. So this is a place in the body of lots of integration, right? We we speak from this place, we have lots of senses, we taste, we take food in. So I call this the the place of all of the systems where there's the how, the how of eating, the how of living. And so how we take foods in are we eating in a rushed way a stressed way a mindful way a mindless way an mm. emotional way you know oftentimes we can be eating the best foods but if we're not chewing them properly if we are um taking them in rapidly we might overeat this is where i see um i used to have uh an eating disorder uh and so for me you know it was how i was taking things in i was overeating i was binging it was like i couldn't get enough and so this is a place of how do we eat not just the blue green foods but how do we eat and when sure. we look at the element so i've been going through all of the elements earth water fire air this is the element of where you have alchemy where you start to mix them together and so now we have oh. things like uh fire and earth and and air coming together in the form of cooking and preparation So mm. I I bring out discussion here of soups and sauces and broths and smoothies and juices because these things change our our pers- well not just our connection to the food but how we take the food in. If you sit over a bowl of hot soup, the way that you take that in is very different than if you had those same ingredients in a solid product. So here's sure. where we play with sure. the form of food and we create alchemy 
through the different integration of the different elements coming together. And so that's really mm -hmm. what the thyroid is. It's about integration of our metabolism. So if we think of it symbolically through life of integration of the aspects of life, how do we bring all of the elements of living together? Oftentimes that comes through our vocal expression or sure. some way that we put who we are. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Every time you move up a color and I feel that, okay, now this is it. <laughs> but it isn't because there is obviously an integration right from the bottom. You can fall in uh, love with any of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, they all have such yeah. profound meaning. And each of these is like you could dedicate your whole life just to one of them. And some people do. If you had a choice, which, would, which color would you dedicate your life to? I feel like the color has found me. I don't have a choice. <laughs> um, I, I think sometimes we have many of these colors that work together. And so for me, uh, flow, the orange, has been very important because I have struggled with reproductive issues. And mm -hmm. I've also struggled with my own sense of being a creative woman uh, in the world. Mm -hmm. And so that has been my teacher, has been orange and flow. And I never used to like to wear orange. I avoided it. I know. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think for the listeners, if they want to figure out like, where do I start? Because all of these are sounding so enticing. Find out which color you actually don't like. You know, um, I think mm. <laughs> because sometimes when we move away from a color that tells us something, when we like a color a lot, like for me, green is absolutely 100%. I love the color green. I've always liked it as one of my favorite colors. And I'm drawn to plants, but I know that I love plants and I eat plants. There's not a lot of work for me in that area of, you know, I, I really want to go where the color is telling me I need to do some things even more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now we are up in the brain. And so we have in, in the classic tradition of chakras, we would say the third eye. Well, what is the mm -hmm. third eye? The third eye, if you look at it in the brain, where it sits in the forehead is the pituitary gland. It's mm -hmm. uh, many people refer to it as the master gland, the anterior, the posterior pituitary, which is taking the signal from the hypothalamus, which is the master regulator of the sure. body systems, right? So this is a big deal. And in fact, in meditative traditions, there is often a focus on this center. When people meditate, they look up at that third eye center. They put their tongue to the roof of their mouth to connect to the middle of their head, which would contain this pituitary. So this is a this is the brain, but it's not the thinking part. The thinking is down in the gut. This is the place mm -hmm. of wisdom. This is the place of intuition. It's our intellect at the highest level possible of executive function. So it mm -hmm. is the coordination place of how we learn, how we remember, how we um, process emotions at the highest level. So the emotions are felt in the body through the flow down in the orange. But the way that we process them through the amygdala, you know, the, sure. this is, um, yeah, it's a master control regulating center, but it's intuitive. It's mystical. It's about consciousness. It's about, you know, if I were to liken it to something in nature, it's like the starry sky. It's like it comes out at nighttime when we look up and we realize, oh, that's right. We are not alone. We are we realize the greatness of our smallness because we look up and that's kind of how the brain is. We see all those little sparkling stars, like the neurons, like the interconnections, the constellations, the patterns. 
And so when we go into the dream time, we unleash the unconscious and subconscious. We let archetypes and symbols and imagery come out. And that's really the depth of the center of what I call the insight system. And Mm -hmm. so when it comes to food, um, it's all the things that change our sense of learning and memory, mood and mind. And there is a very distinct color association here. There's a strong body of literature to support blue-purple foods, things like blueberries and blackberries, and the skins mm-hmm. of these deeply hued. It's almost like they're so blue, they're black. And oftentimes I put black into this category um, because it's so connected on the spectrum of blue and purple. And blackberries are very rich in these compounds that help the brain. But it can also be things like grapes and resveratrol. Um, There are studies on drinking Concord grape juice and having an impact on mood and memory even, which is, you know, again, it's just really amazing to see how we can change brain chemistry through the psychoactive effects of these blue-purple foods. So we need to be giving them to children. We need to be giving them to people throughout their lives because it's the one color that many people love this color. You know, I have a niece who, this is her favorite color. Whenever I ask her about the (laughs) rainbow and she always points to this color, purple. She loves this color. Purple is precious. It's royal. It's regal. Look at a blueberry. It's like it has a little crown on the top. It's This is the color where, um, because it doesn't occur in great supply, we have to be sure we get it. And our Mm. brain and our brain's function can be dependent on some of the compounds that we find within that color code and that color class. So that's blue-purple. And then the last one, here's the finale, um, is white. Mm -hmm. and, and so when I think of the color white, and oftentimes I present it as lavender because um, it just looks better on the spectrum. So the lavender is more connected to the white, but truly this is white. And what white means is no food, clean slate, reset, cleansing, purification, fasting. This is, you know, it's wow. very interesting to always see this in society, how People gravitate towards certain trends, and right now a trend is time-restricted feeding, intermittent fasting. Fasting is Mm -hmm. all of, you know, it's very popular, and I think that I look at that symbolically, like, oh, we need to balance our physical body by working on our spiritual body by fasting and coming into better alignment with our relationship to food, body as temple, you know, treating our body with respect and reverence through the foods that we take in. And here's where I also see a role for the detoxifying aspects. You know, every spiritual tradition, everyone shares this in common, the idea of letting go of something physical in order to look at something more spiritual, but yet not disregarding the body, but seeing it as, um, you know, I it, it would sometimes it would bother me because I have a church that I, you know, I, I've been to many different churches and I've explored other different types of spiritual traditions. But um, you know, in certain places there's a beautiful spiritual service, and then you come outside, and then there are donuts and bagels and coffee and breads and cookies. And I'm thinking, how is this consistent with what we just did with this high spiritual practice? And then we come down to something for the body that isn't life promoting there's no vibration of of 
nature or plants or <laughs> color. Um, and so yeah. this is the yeah. place where, you know, we, we look at um, making sure our food is free of toxins, that it's, it's pure, that it's halal, that it's kosher, that it is um, in some way reverent. Or if we don't know about those things, then we say a prayer, we say a blessing, we have intention when we eat. And we think about, again, the interconnection of all of life in this experience. It's not just the fasting piece, but in that fasting, we reflect on the bigness of source, where we come from, how we share the sacred space of community with all of these plants and all of the other life forms on the planet. So this is a very spiritual, it, this is not a religious place. Religion is down in the root of community and shared beliefs and tribe and, and how we think about the world. But this part of us is, we are all connected, regardless of our religion, our race, our gender. And when we let go of the physical, we can see more of that connection. So that's, that's the place of, I call it the spirit system of health. Wow. You um, have managed to redefine grocery shopping for me. And the next time I'm looking at the rainbow, I'm looking at a whole different spectrum of things. For sure. <laughs> but I just wanted to ask you, um, dairy, meat, mm -hmm. do they fit in anywhere at all? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an or excellent not. question. So I, so because I, believe that we are all connected and that we all need to eat food. We all need to find our own path. And there are many different diets. We have different body types. And so I subscribe not to a certain style of eating other than to get colors. I really do like to focus on personalized eating. So for some people, just meeting them where they're at without judgment about um you know, if they're eating from animal or from plant, sure. even animal, uh, people who are carnivores, they're still eating plants, right? And I think that's what I like to focus on is making sure that everybody's getting plants. And even sure. true carnivores where they're only eating animal foods, those animals have taken in plants. So I try to stay in the place sure. of um, honoring our interconnection and how important that is and not using food to divide us because we have so many things to divide us. And so I always look at, let's just all have the rainbow. And if you want to put dairy into, dairy is a complex food because, um, yes, it is white. Um, and so is white sugar. And so is white flour. And so is white sauce. You know, yeah. there are so many yeah. different things. So I know. And we yeah. have to look at the function. So dairy is high in protein. Protein, I didn't go through all of the different macronutrients and the energetics of that, but Essentially, it's very grounding because it's high in protein. The mm. only thing I say to people about animal foods is just be sure that um, I would say two things. One is that you have a, a clean, a low toxic source of uh, animal products, that the animals were raised in the best of possible situations and had humane conditions in as much as they were able to. So that means that they were pasture fed. They weren't cons constrained to, um, you know, an agricultural 
facility, which kept them in boxes. And, you know, because we take all of those signals in, what you eat is what you become. And so if you eat stress, you will become stress. You know, those mm. animals produce cortisol. They produce that in their tissues. We take in those, those molecules. So I would sure. say first and foremost, choose a, a very um, good source. If you can know the farmer. And number two, uh, when you don't know, again, um, to give thanks, to give thanks for that sacrifice, because truly all of eating is sacrifice, isn't it? I mean, even mm -hmm. a plant um, is sacrificing itself to become part of us. And so giving sure. thanks, giving gratitude. Um, I studied with a spiritual teacher and uh, the, the type of practice, it's a Native uh, American type of practice, but it was honoring the animals that were involved in the meal. And animals mm -hmm. are always involved. Um, plants are mm -hmm. always involved in really respecting life and giving mm -hmm. gratitude for that. I think that that is most important and it can change our response to a meal. How beautifully said. One, one last question. Um, so the, this colorful diet, this rainbow diet, we are looking at it in terms of quantity. Obviously, again, it is subjective, but we're looking at it to incorporate it in every meal mm -hmm. or like one meal a day or like distributing well, it all over the day. Yes, I think distributing it throughout the day is important. Um, so I talk about just getting the rainbow of colors every day. I think we start mm -hmm. there, right? Because I think it's too much stress to say to people in every meal, you need a rainbow. It's just not practical. Sure. It just can't happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think for kids and adults to track the colors that they take in on a daily basis, you know, you can make it a game. So you think about what did I have for breakfast? Did I have something red? And, you know, by lunchtime, you start thinking, okay, what colors do I need? Do I need an orange right now to make sure I get orange? You know, you can just think about it throughout the day. But I have three mm -hmm. principles for everybody. The color is number one, of course. Um, the second one is variety. So many times what will happen is people will say, okay, Deanna, I'm eating all the colors. And then I ask, well, what are the foods that you're eating with those colors? And then they say, well, I, I eat tomatoes for red. I eat um, carrots for orange. And I say, well, wait a minute. I hope you have more foods within that color that you're getting, mm. that you get variety. So like not every day you're doing the same food because the science supports that we need dietary diversity because it helps our gut microbiome. It helps our immune sure. system. Uh, it can even help brain health, believe it or not, to have this variety of compounds. Like we, it actually translates into um, attention and learning. And so variety is number two. Color is number one. Number two is variety. And then number three is creativity. How you put these things together and how you cook them, uh, how you get them, how you play in the kitchen. And maybe creativity spills out into not just how and what you're eating, but what colors are you wearing? When I had my father go through my 21-day color-coded program that is called Whole Detox, it was great because I didn't even ask him to do this, but he wore colors of the days that we were on. So the first three days of the program are red, days four through six are orange, and then we go through the rainbow. So every three days is a new color. And he would send me a picture of himself wearing, <laughs> on the red days, he's wearing red. On the orange days, he wore orange. And I love it because how do we use our creativity to 
change things up. We know that one of the biggest factors for health, wellness, and successful aging is to be flowing and fluid, to be um, have neuronal plasticity, heart rate variability, and metabolic flexibility. So we need to change it up, and creativity is part of that. So sure. those are the three, I would say, is color, variety, creativity. These are things that no matter how you decide to eat, what you decide to eat, these principles can be common denominators for everybody. Wow. And I believe you're about to embark on another detox program, right? We are. I'm so excited. I hope yeah. that you'll join us because I think saying all of this is one thing, but when you actually go through it, it's quite powerful. Yeah. And um, absolutely, we've had so many amazing experiences. You know, one example is a woman who she worked at an office, like a trucking company that was like uh, gray in color. And she was working in a cubicle and she was going through this program and she was like, oh my gosh, I'm surrounded with gray. There's so, and I'm wearing black. And you know, I, what is, so she redid her entire cubicle with all these colors so that she would oh, feel wow. differently during the day. And that yeah. tends to happen. We start to wake up as we start talking about color, we start waking up to the power of it. And um, in fact, when people sign up for the detox, we, we put together a 48 page booklet on the healing power of color, goes to the science, it's a workbook, because I really want people to be inspired on how color can truly impact their lives. Sure. Um, for all you listeners, in the show notes, there will be details of um, Dr. Minnick's Instagram handle and the website where you can go and have a look at this program, all the books that she has, and also perhaps um, download some of her free um, articles. Dr. Minnick, truly, truly grateful and thankful. Oh, this has been this fabulous. Program. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening and we would be most humbled if you can leave us with a comment, a rating or a suggestion. Thank you.